Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we tackle our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Kimmy Miller. And we are both a little different, right, Kimmy? Right. We don't always fit in. And as followers of Christ, we're not supposed to, but sometimes that can be hard. We all want to belong and we might worry if we don't act like everyone else, if we're maybe the only ones who remain sober during the company Christmas party, or if we feel compelled to lead our family in prayer at the dinner table when all of our extended family members are maybe hostile to religion. Those situations can make us really uncomfortable, make us feel really insecure, especially if we're basing our identity and our value on other people's opinions or reactions. And I think a lot of times that's what causes us the most anxiety. And as the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 1 verse 10, we cannot seek to please people and please God. One will win. It takes courage to live and love as Christ desires, even if he asks us to do something that we fear might make us look foolish. You know, that is so true. And I don't know if you have ever had an encounter, Jennifer, where maybe you feel an impression from the Lord that you're supposed to act or speak or or do something, but there is this fear that kind of rises up within you and you wonder, what are other people going to think? Am I going to look foolish? How is this going to play out? And I remember it was about this time, probably a year or so ago, and it was around the holidays and the Salvation Army had their red kettle out. And I was running into a craft store and I saw this gentleman with the bell and the red kettle. And I felt this impression from the Lord that I was supposed to pray for him. And so I quickly did in my head and just went about my business, got my things checked out. And as I was walking past him again, I just felt this impression that I was not just supposed to pray for him in my mind or in my spirit, but to physically go up and pray for this man. And so I just kept walking made it all the way to my car, put my things in my car and just thought, okay, this I have to go back. I have to go back and pray for this man. And so I remember doing that and walking up to him and saying, sir, I know this might sound crazy, but I just really, is it okay if I pray for you? And he kind of laughed a little and he's like, oh, sister, I should be praying for you. And I said, well, that's probably true also. I said, may I put my hand on you as I pray? And he said, yeah, that's fine. And so as I was praying, Um, And I don't remember what the words were, but I felt another hand on my shoulder. And at the end of my prayer, I noticed that a woman had come behind me and had her hand on me praying for me. And this gentleman was was, uh, crying when we were finished. But and that was it. That was the gist of the story. And I don't know what those words meant for him, but they must have meant something to see his emotion. And it was such a pleasant and wonderful, beautiful reminder of how God cares for all of us. In the midst of that, he brought someone to pray for me as I was praying for him, or maybe she was joining me in prayer, but I wasn't alone. And so I know that in the end of that story, who knows what impact that had. The 
look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. What a blessing when you chose to obey God, even though you didn't know if you, it might make you look foolish or, or how the other person would respond instead of trying to look good for people. The greater blessing came from you having the courage to stand out and throughout scripture, that's what God has called his children to do, to live in a way that makes others curious and maybe plants questions in their mind that only God can answer. And, you know, many of God's prophets throughout the Old Testament, they demonstrated what I would call courageous and holy oddness. So take John the Baptist, for example, the one called to proclaim the coming of Jesus Christ. So prior to his birth, the nation had experienced 400 years of divine silence. And as far as we know from scripture, there weren't any prophets speaking for God. And in fact, the last prophet in the Old Testament, it ends with these verses found in Malachi 4, verses 5 to 6. Now, this is spoken by God. Look, I am sending you the prophet of Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. And so then 400 years later, the people were still waiting with hope-filled anticipation for God's promised Messiah and for the prophet who would precede him, the one who would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. That was John the Baptist. And we read about his birth in Luke chapter one. To paraphrase, scripture tells us he was born to a righteous yet previously barren couple. So a priest and his wife, they'd been praying for a child probably for decades and then one day when Zechariah, the priest, was serving in the temple, an angel came to him and said that, that he and his wife would soon have a child, that this child would be great in the eyes of the Lord, would be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, would have the spirit and the power of Elijah, and would prepare people's hearts for the coming Messiah. But he would also live as a Nazarite for life which necessarily meant that he would look, act, and live much differently than his peers. And picking up in his story, in the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, it says, In those days, John the Baptist came into the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. For he is the one about whom the prophet Isaiah had spoken. The voice of one shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing made from camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his diet consisted of locusts and wild honey. Then people from Jerusalem, as well as all Judea and all the region around the Jordan, were going out to him, and he was baptizing them in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. You know, and I, we had talked when we opened about how if our 
identity, if we're basing our identity on people's opinions and reactions, then it's really, really challenging to live differently. But I'm really struck when I hear John's story, I'm struck with the idea that he really knew who he was and what he was called to do. I think he had a clear identity and he probably heard growing up stories. I imagine he heard stories about his birth and just this, I'm being raised as a Nazarite. I think that maybe helped him really anchor himself in his God-given calling. And I think that helped give him courage to live differently. Absolutely. And I think too, I mean, when we even look at his appearance, right? I mean, he's when camel's hair and then the eating of the locusts and the honey. I mean, that that's right there. I mean, <laughs> you have to be confident in who you are and your purpose for God. Because um, I sure like chocolate and I don't know that I could live <laughs> off of the locusts and the honey. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm sure having known what was even prophesied about him and knowing his history, which is our history as followers of Christ, it's all part of um, our identity as well when we know the story, which is so important. And so no doubt he heard all the stories even surrounding his birth, right? And the stories, even when Mary went to visit, when Mary came to visit his mom, and I'm sure that he heard his own mom say to him, I felt you leap within my womb. And so it's just amazing to think of um, all of those things that, that he experienced and probably had to look back on throughout his life several times to reassure himself of, of who he was in God, that he was fulfilling the purpose of what God had before him. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. We forget sometimes when we read scripture that they were human and they they wanted to belong. They wanted community. They wanted acceptance. He was a teenager at one time. And and when you say, you know, he, he probably looked back and he had those things that he could grab hold of, hold tight to and reassure himself in. And I think we need that as well. Whatever God is calling us to do, we need to look back. If we don't know our identity, if we're not really secure in that, we need to go in scripture and, and with prayer, say, God, show me who I am and what I'm called to do and give me the courage 
to live that out and maybe journal like truths along the way when God speaks those words to us, whatever it is in our life, you know, you are a beloved daughter or, or I've called you into this ministry, whatever it is. I think sometimes if we write it down and then that can help memorialize it in our minds and in our hearts. Yes, I I think so. I think that's really important. And it's also important who we surround ourselves with, because there are often times that we experience a moment within the kingdom that had impact that we can either forget about, or maybe we don't even hear about the impact, you know, but maybe those around us, um, they bring that to mind, especially in those dark times, or like you said, times where we've forgotten or we're struggling or goodness, being a teenager today. You know, like you said, John the Baptist was a teenager. Jesus was a teenager. Granted, the things that they went through and and encountered, certainly they didn't have iPhones and TikTok and all the things, but there were still the social pressures around them. And so to think, when we think about John the Baptist, you know, Jesus said, there's no one like John. So when we think about that statement alone and, and how John lived his life in full obedience to God. And how else could he do that if he was not secure in his identity and in his purpose and his devotion to the Father? I think it's important to remember, however, John wasn't strange just to be strange. He wasn't trying to demonstrate, like, look at me, elevate himself. His his strangeness had a purpose. It was in obedience to God. And everything about him would have signaled to the people. It would have reminded them actually of Elijah. And so it should have just brought in all of those Old Testament promises and this Nazarite vow. So it's where they, they wouldn't cut their hair. They wouldn't drink any fermented drink. And usually that would last 30 to 100 days. But John's lasted his entire lifetime. And there were only three other prophets who were Nazarites from birth. And and I think they each held incredible significance. So Samson, he was a prophet in the Old Testament during the uh, during the time of Judges. And so he represented God's rescue. And then later you had Samuel, and he was the prophet right when the nation was establishing its kingship. And so he he symbolizes the coming of the nation's kingship and of this Messiah. The Messiah is our King, the King of the Jews. And then lastly, there was Elijah who represents judgment. And then here you have John and he represents the coming of the Messiah, grace and salvation. So it's like, you have this gospel story presented through each of these lives culminating in the forerunner of Jesus Christ. It's almost like God is saying, okay, look, 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 here it is. This is the message. Don't miss it. Right. And if we recall, even in Matthew chapter 11, we can read where Jesus says, what did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in the king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, and I tell you, more than a prophet. You know, and his appearance and his behavior, when we're talking about John the Baptist, made people curious and it drew them out of the city and villages into the wilderness. They were going to see. And we have to remember, you know, there's no internet, there's no tweets, there's no iPhones, social media. This is all by word of mouth. Have you heard of John? Have you heard about the crazy man in the wilderness (laughs) dressed in camel's hair and all he eats is, you know, locusts and honey? 
And again, that's significant. You talked about that because Elijah was dressed in camel's hair with a belt. We can see that in the Old Testament scriptures. And so that reference, that significance was to tell the people, here is the prophet who has come in the spirit of Elijah. And so again, strangeness, weirdness is attractive and it has a purpose. God's always doing things with a purpose. And I think that helps if we remember that, but I think we periodically have to ask ourselves as well, does my weirdness, does it attract or repel? No. And I think we have to be careful because obviously scripture does say that sometimes Christ in us will repel others. But if we are constantly, we don't want to be sandpaper. We don't want to be abrasive. And so I think we need to, we can be, we should be, if we're going to be weird, let's be weird in love and grace and strong families and strong, strong marriages. Let's be, you know, John was a stark contrast to the corrupt priests. You know, the, the whole religious system had become pretty corrupt by that time. And so he would have been a really stark contrast. It was his, his goodness that was, I mean, yes, he dressed different, <laughs> differently, <laughs> but he also demonstrated a sense of, of righteousness. I think, I think that word sometimes can be confusing. He, he demonstrated moral rightness rightness with God, right, right living, what right living was supposed to look like. Right. And I think that message brought such hope, right? Because he's telling you, you have a choice, repent, turn away, turn away. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom of heaven is near repent. And I think that when we think about how we can apply that to our lives today, or how is our strangeness going to be attractive to others? Like you said, Jennifer, if we're, if our strangeness is love, there's something that's beautifully attractive about that. And it's so desired and um, really it's so desired in this world today. And it does look different. It should look different and it should draw people out from the city into the wilderness to say, what is, what is this about? And I think when we talk about how I had mentioned before, you know, it was all word of mouth. It was hope. When we remember that God had been silent for 400 years, and now suddenly there's this hope. The Messiah is coming. Life is coming. Communion with God is coming. And we carry that same attractive strangeness, if you will. If, if we're going to be courageous and bold enough to act on it, we too can draw people out and into the love that God has to offer. And I think that's where the courage comes into when we shift our focus off of ourselves, when we remember the hope, like you talked about and, and how hard life is without Jesus. I think that gives us the courage to love. Well, Uh, Kimmy, would you mind closing us in prayer? No, not at all. Oh God, you're so good to us. Thank you so much for those that, walked the path before us out in obedience. Thank you for John the Baptist who had this incredible life and courage to do what you asked of him. And thank you for Jesus who fulfilled every appointment you had for him and made a way for us to commune with you. God, would you give us the strength and the courage to be what you're calling us to be? Um, You ordain every moment of our lives with purpose and significance. And so I just ask that our eyes would be open to see those moments 
And Holy Spirit, would you give us the power and the courage to speak what you want to say to those around us? May we walk forward in love and may we bring peace to those around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. This is the perfect time of year to really radiate the love, the grace, and like Kimmy said, the hope of Christ. And those are ways that we can always we can we can always look strange in. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to share it with your friends and we would love it if you would rate it. That encourages us and it helps others to find it. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.